Welcome to Live the Fuel, where we fuel your health, business, and lifestyle. And now your host, Scott Mulvaney. All right, good day, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another Live the Fuel show. So this evening, I'm bringing on, yes, a new guest co-host, because this is what I do, but this gentleman comes from a, uh, a good friend of mine, because I listen to his show religiously, and not just because he pays me to run his social media marketing, uh, but because I really enjoy his show. So quick shout out to Vinny Tortorich of Fitness Confidential, great book, great podcast, uh, and many other things. So Vinny's a character, and this gentleman got to go on his show, and that's how I stumbled across him. I'm like, wait a minute. I want to dig into a deeper angle with this gentleman because let me give you the bio for you, ladies and gentlemen. Obviously, for the newer listeners, we talk about health, business, and lifestyle on this show. This gentleman I know will be able to balance all three, but I have a feeling he may lean more towards that healthy lifestyle component, those two uh, domains. So let me give you the skinny on him. Grew up in a project, a building on the south side of Chicago. Shout out to the Chi-Town. And uh, he, play, he pleaded uh, temporary insanity, then joined the Marine Corps. Uh, so I did not go military, but I decided to do the whole wildland firefighting with the federal government for the people who have been longtime listeners. And well, government's interesting. We'll just leave it at that. Uh, and then he trained as a lawyer and earned a doctorate in business. And uh, might happen to know of a gentleman I've met at a few conferences and speaking events. Shout out to Jack Canfield, creator of Chicken Soup for the Soul. And Jack calls him the coolest person he knows which is a very strong statement, so I expect him to expand on this, and predicts that his new book, that's right, he's also an author, ladies and gentlemen, Quit will be a bestseller. That's right, people, Quit, the last principle of success. So without further ado, Dr. Stan Robertson, welcome to the show, sir. Hey, Scott, thank you for having me. I appreciate you having me on. Uh, Big ups to Vinny. That guy is pretty amazing. Is he not a character? <laughs> yes, indeed, he is. Nobody can argue with that fact. Yes, he um, he definitely leaves a lasting imprint on you. <laughs> yes, absolutely, absolutely. He and I, was, he and I were just texting this morning. Uh, they're uh, they have a young dog named Bonzo, so we ah. we created Bonzo his own Instagram. It's bon, uh, Bonzo the Vishla. It's a Vishla <laughs> uh, breed. So anyway, Bonzo got to do his first dog show training experience this weekend. So he's like, "Hey, Scott, can we share this to my feed because?" He's like, I just want to break break it up. I want to make people make sure people know that I'm still a regular person. And yes, we own a dog. I was like, yes, you know, because we ha- we have his movie coming out right. Actually, it's it's out for pre order right now. A fat documentary. So he's like, I just feel like I'm selling all the time. I don't want people thinking I'm trying to sell all the time. But obviously, I want to sell the movie when it goes live. And I'm like, relax, Vinny. We got it. We'll we'll put Bonzo the Vichel up on your feed. You'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. But yeah, so you, you are, uh, God. His recording schedule is crazy. His show crushes it. So you were probably recorded a couple of months ago, right? Yeah, yeah, probably yeah. about two, about two months ago. Yeah, I was gonna say because usually he tries to get people up new, but like me, I put a, I try and keep content new like two three weeks. I want I want to get you up, uh, but he's he's doing what five shows a week nowadays. I'm like, right. oh, yeah, it's I'll stick with my two. I'm fine with that. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you get connected with Vinny? Because I don't I don't remember hearing that on the show. We didn't actually talk about that, but um, I was looking for uh, some of the top podcasters like yourself, and I came across uh, Vinny. I 
just kind of reached out to him. He he liked what I was saying. He thought that uh, my concept was was amazing, and we just connected. And he said, "Hey, why don't you come on on the show?" Hmm. That's that's definitely it. Sounds like a Vinny. Uh, yeah. It's funny because he's very particular about who he brings on the show. And yeah. I, I, did he have you on a Friday release? Hold on a second. You know what? Let's we do video on this show. Let me do some screen sharing to prove to people that I'm not kidding. So. Right here's the book, Quit. And again, ladies and gentlemen, it's on Dr. Stan's site, but check this out. Right there, there's VinnyTortorich.com, and I already have your episode up. So you were you were launched on, oh, wow, this was that recent. It was beginning of the month. We we're recording this in June, so it was a Friday. So Friday is his like um, health guru show. He's always bringing on influencers that have, you know, usually doctorates. <laughs> right, that's right. And, he, and I think they called you Quitting for Success. Uh, that was a nice show, by the way. I really enjoyed it. Oh, good. Thank you. Thank so we're, we're going to have some fun. We're going to hit a little bit differently. So you wrote the book, Quit, but you've always been kind of the quit doctor, right? That's always been your theme? Yes. Um, I have. I found out early in life that this idea that winners never quit is a myth. And, you know, we hear this all the time. In fact, it's been drilled into our psyche that winners never quit and quitters never win. Mm -hmm. Well, I figured out very early that is a fallacy. It's a myth. And it's exactly wrong because successful people quit all the time. Okay. Um, as a matter of fact, my premise is that you cannot be successful without mastering the art of quitting. So you've got to be able to quit. You need to know how to quit. You need to quit fast and you need to quit often if you're going to be successful. Now that I remember you saying almost word for word on Vinny's show. I loved the excitement when you said it, the momentum in the statement, because I was like, I get it. I'm like, because <laughs> many of us as entrepreneurs, I, I could speak to this and you can definitely analyze me. It's we, there's fear. And I've, I mean, I've been a wildland firefighter. I skydive. I, I race mountain bikes. I'm a CrossFitter. Like, I do a lot of crazy, adrenaline junkie stuff. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't change the fact that I still have fear. I'm still human. The mm -hmm. only thing that has maybe changed compared to 10 years ago is that I've pushed myself more, or a, a common step that I like to put in, or maybe you'll appreciate this, is I've, I've put in more reps, right? So mm -hmm. on the health and fitness team, like, okay, I've put in more repetitions, so it kind of stems off of what you just said, right? We need to quit or fail or make mistakes more, and that will accelerate the learning process. Is that where we're going with this? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And, and I think what we've done as a society is we've we've confused a couple of things. We have confused the notion that you quit things, you give up things versus um, this idea of persistence. So in other words, you, you're saying that you've done a lot of different things. You're engaged in a lot of things. Mm -hmm. Now, we have this false idea that you can never quit. You can never quit skydiving. You can never quit uh, canoeing. You can never quit whatever it is that you're doing. Well, we, that doesn't make any sense because if you never quit, the first thing that you did, you would have never gotten to the second thing and then the next thing after that and the next thing after that. True. So this idea that you should never quit or you should always be persistent doesn't really make sense if you really think about it. And that is one of the problems with this idea that's been beaten into our heads forever that, uh, that you can't give up things. You know, I'm loving where we're going with this because it's actually perfect timing. I actually wore this shirt today because forever the shirt. So I'm wearing a shirt. It says uh, it's Nika Nadadores. It's uh -huh. a swimmer, right? right? So it's funny because actually the guy just Facebook messaged me earlier today 
because they're looking at uh, they're a not for profit. Real quick on them, and they help kids in uh, Nicaragua become amazing swimmers, or just they're in very poor parts of that country, and they want to give the kids something to do, like channel that and help them develop themselves. Because athletics and sports can do that; it can be a very positive influence on growing youth. So this guy was from here. He's actually from where I'm at. And him and his co-founder founded their charity, and then he moved down there. So the co-found, one of the co-founders runs a swimming team here locally in Pennsylvania. And then the other co-founder lives in, in, in Nicaragua running the program and getting kids to be – actually, they, they brought some of the kids here to the States, and they outswim some of the kids here at their local program. Okay. Um, but the point here is that I suck at swimming. and my wife loves to bust on me about it because you know i love being athletic and i always tell people like listen you got to find your strengths and then outsource your weaknesses in business well it doesn't mean i'm going to stop trying things so i finally tried to learn to swim properly last year took some professional lessons and i probably crammed it into too short of a cycle and then decided to go try and pull off a triathlon uh fyi did not complete the swim uh i was taking too long there was, I have, I have a legitimately, I have water panic. Like I need to put in a lot more reps to break through a psychological barrier going on there. Cause I never properly learned comfort around water. Like right. I, I'll dive in the water. I'll do, I'll go wakeboarding. I got a life vest on and I float. I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> but to your point on quit, right? I want to hear your analysis on this. I was like, okay, I got done with that. And I started focusing on the other sports that I love. And I haven't gone back to take a lesson. And she's like, you know, you have to figure out eventually how to swim. And I'm like, I will, but it's not a top priority. So she's like, well, are, are, why, why would you quit? And I was like, well, I'm not quitting. I'm repurposing my time to something more valuable to me. I'm not, I, I will go back and start taking lessons again. It's just not a top priority for me. So what am I doing, Doc? Am I, am I quitting? Am I repurposing my time to something more valuable to me? As I stated, how would you... Uh, uh, with your your experience on quitting, <laughs> analyze mm-hmm. that. That is an excellent uh, question. That's an excellent example. So I think both of those things apply. For me, you're quitting. For you or or your wife, you're kind of repurposing, repositioning yourself. Either way is fine. Mm-hmm. Now, the here's the deal for me. For me, it is okay to quit. The reason why you or your wife want to use a different term. You want to use other language. You oh, no, don't she, want- she said I quit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so quitting is good. This is the point. Quitting is a good thing. Quitting frees you. Uh, it, see, we're locked into this cycle. Why should you continue swimming if you have um, if your priorities have changed? Mm-hmm. You said that. Okay, this is this is not a priority. This is not at the top of my list. I'm I'm pushing it down on the list. So maybe you push it down. Maybe you decide, hey, you know, it was it was cool. It was something I wanted to try, and I gave it a shot. And yeah. I'm not particularly good at it. I'm better at something else. Why shouldn't you use your efforts at some? This is one of the things that happen with with um, our children a lot. Parents will often tell their kids. If their kids get involved in, say, an activity, a dance class, uh, soccer, ballet, baseball, basketball, whatever. Or or all of the above, like some parents. (laughs) Right. And and the parents will tell the child, you cannot quit. You have to keep doing this because somehow we think this builds character. Well, it doesn't really make sense because the, the kid 
if the kid continues doing something that they don't want to be doing, what we're going to do as parents is a, a couple of things going to happen. Number one, we are now forcing the kid to do something that they don't want to be doing. Instead, they could be exploring their talents. They can be exploring mm -hmm. their creativity. So in other words, we stifled their creativity by forcing them to do something that they no longer have interest in when they could be doing something else where they might excel at. Well, Another hey, hold on, Doc. I mean, I thought I'm not a parent. I'm not. Okay. <laughs> We're just the cool aunts and uncles. Uh, but <laughs> on that point, I just want to pause on that, is – but don't parents justify that by saying, well, no, I'm opening up their creativity. I'm making them try this stuff so they can see if they like it or they don't. But I'm kind of going down this path with you right now, Stan. And I'm like, I was like, wait a minute. I, I kind of agree with Doc here because I'm like, well, what if you trigger a negative psychological response and that kid now hates that? Where if you would just let him find him or he or she find that on their own, maybe they weren't ready for. I don't know, skiing, for example, I spent 11 years coaching ski racing, right? So maybe that kid just wasn't ready to go to that level yet. Maybe they wanted to stay in the fun part of the team and not become a traveling racer, but that parent pushes them into the travel team and they're hating it. They're struggling. They're not as good as the other kids. They're ready to quit. But now to your point, quitting's okay, but maybe that kid, if he could have just been allowed to develop on his own and do what he wants to do, never would have quit. I, I'm, I'm really torn on this right now. So let's take the example of a, a book. Now mm -hmm. this happens in, with children all the time in schools. The, the teacher will get a book and they'll say to the kid, you have to read this book. Let's say Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Mm -hmm. uh, for Classic. Example. Yeah, which is an excellent book. Um, but when the teacher forces the child to read this book and they say, you got to read this book and you've got to read it all the way through, that actually can cause the child to have an aversion to reading classics. Right. Whereas if you let the child read the first uh, paragraph, the first chapter, and the child says, oh, you know, this is boring. I don't like the book. Now, instead of us saying you need to stick with it because you might like it, you just don't know it. And I know what's good. And I know you're going to like this if you really read it. No. If we say, fine, you read the book, you read the first chapter, you didn't like it, quit. Quit reading that book. Pick up another book that you might like. That's going to help the kid develop a love of reading. The other way, by forcing the kid to do this, it's going to cause the kid to hate reading. It's going to cause the kid to think of reading as a chore. So to your example, if they're talking about skiing, why should you force the kid to continue skiing or to push themselves in skiing? They, if they stop skiing and at that moment when they decide, oh, you know what? Uh, I think I'm good. I'm done with this. You know, I don't want to do this anymore. More than likely, they will return to that as a fun activity and they will get some enjoyment out of that activity. Hmm. But if you push them to do it and you force them to continue doing it because of some, you know, erone erroneous notion that we're somehow, you know, building character in them or, <laughs> or something else that can cause them to never want to do it again. And that is not a good thing. That That's that's bad. Quitting is liberating. It's free. It causes us to give up things and it allows us to be free to re-engage our efforts into those things that that are better and that we enjoy uh, and we will be more productive. At. You know, I mean, 
you, you do realize that when you decide to publish this book that you're trying to take on a massive undertaking of reprogramming the definition of the word quit. I mean, yes. to be yes. fair, you're valid. I'm not arguing it. It's just you are right. We have been so, I guess, would it, it could be culturally and socially and re-engineered or engineered to the point where it is a negative connotation. It's like, oh, yeah, quit. You, he, see, that's a bad four-letter word. But right. to your point, and I agree with you, it's like, well, uh, I, for example, are you, are you big into like psych and, and, and personal and professional development stuff at all? Yep. Oh, okay. absolutely. All right. You ever hear of uh, Tom Rath's book, Strengths Finder 2.0? No. Not okay. Like Fun book. But let's go ahead, big picture. There's all these different ways to analyze your uh, your people could do it for career choices or for schooling choices. You could take all these tests and they kind of, they, they tell you what kind of learner you are and what kind of, um, well, in this case, his book, Strengths Finder 2.0, it's going to spit out your top five strengths. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, the point of the book is you don't read the whole book. You quit all the other chapters that are not those five strengths. And so you take the online test. It does all that psychological analysis and all the strengths, yada, 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 spits out your top five. You just read those five chapters because those are your five strengths that you naturally are bringing forth thanks to all the analytical testing that you did. And it's not probably 100% science. But anyway, the point of the thing is that it's like now everything that's not aligned with those eventually learn how to outsource it, hand it off, right? Quit doing that because you're wasting your time, right? So as a business, it's like, okay, well, if I, uh, obviously I love doing sales and marketing, but I'm not a web designer. I, I could I could do enough to launch a site, but I'm like, uh, I'd rather just pay somebody to do it. Like, there you go. Like, why should I be wasting my time and spinning my wheels doing that? Let's stop doing that, because I used to. And I'm like, why am I wasting my time? That's not making me enough money. Why don't I just charge more and then pay that dude to do it? You know, right? So it's like, there's this is where we're incorporating it in this quit uh the quick concept, I guess. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, I, I like that. I think that's an amazing idea. Um, I agree with that 100%. Uh, another thing you said that I, I agree with as well is what I'm talking about is changing our entire mentality and, and our entire psyche around this, in, this concept. Because we have been, I don't know if the word brainwash is the proper word, but we have been conditioned yeah. to to believe that quitting is a bad thing. Now, we know that the word quit, Q-U-I-T, it, it's neither good nor bad. It's not positive or negative. But we, as a society, we have attached a negative connotation to the word. So the word quit itself actually becomes a bad word. It's yeah. a negative You're thing. You're a quitter. Yeah, you're a quitter. Right. It's a, it's now become a label, right? Yeah, it's a label. Yeah, yeah. It, it it's an insult, and the word quit is now synonymous with loser. Mm-hmm. So the reason why I will get upset if you call me a quitter is because you're calling me a loser, and uh, you know I, nobody wants to be a loser. So we have built in this negative stigma attached to this word, and the the challenge is, as you mentioned, to try to help people understand there is nothing bad. There's nothing shameful about giving up something that you no longer want to do. Why should you keep doing it if you don't want to do it? And a big part of that is the stigma and the external pressure that we receive because we don't want to give up something. You don't want to quit a job. You don't want, you're in a bad relationship. This relationship is toxic. You don't want to give up this. So so just a very quick story. 
um, there's this young lady I know. Her name is Nicole out in Southern California. She was married to this tall, handsome French baker. They owned a string of, a string of bakeries throughout uh, Southern California. Yeah. He was a very toxic uh, husband to her. Uh, she had a baby, for example. Mm-hmm. One day he comes into the bedroom after the delivery. He reaches down, lifts up the excess skin from the delivery and says to his wife, do you think I can be attracted to that? Whoa, now, after the, right after the birth? After the baby. So Ugh. obviously this is, makes no sense, right? However, she would not give up that relationship. Now, finally, she, she got a divorce eventually, and she still wanted to hold on to the business with him because she wanted to be, she wanted the relationship. So the, here's my point. My point is that now if she finally gave up the relationship, she gave up the business. She she was um, overweight. She had been fat shamed and all of this stuff, not just oh, by her husband, terrible. but just generally others. Yeah. Yeah. But she lost all the weight uh, after she after she left him. Good for her. Rebuild herself. Disengaged from that business. She lost all the weight. She became happy, healthy. She became an author. She did a lot of good stuff. The point is this, is that in order for her to be able to uh, be healthy, be whole. She had to quit that relationship. But external pressure, society says, if you give up your marriage, if you divorce, and I'm not advocating divorcing, but if you, if your relationship didn't work out, your marriage didn't work out, you are a bad person. You are a failure. See, I, I, could, I could back you up on this. We don't talk a lot about religion on this show, but I love bringing in complete transparency because- I can thank podcasting for that. I mean, it's I'm going on three years of podcasting, and I now really talk about anything and everything. I don't give a shit. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you'll appreciate this. My father what, grew up Irish Catholic. Uh, my mom grew up Presbyterian. They were both married first. Now, I'm 41 years old, and I have a younger brother and an older sister. So my parents got together young, but they obviously made a very youthful mistake uh, each, and then both ended that. Now, in my mom's faith— wasn't that big a deal. I mean, I'm sure it was, but not like Irish Catholic, like, holy crap. My dad's church was all up his butt and down the other side. <laughs> and he, and he told me this years later, all this stuff. And, and he, he's obviously still faithful and religious and all this other stuff. But, but, but he said he never went back to that church. He's like, this is a toxic relationship. I need to get out of it. How dare you shame me? That's good. That, that's right. excellent. See, and, and you know how we've, we all are familiar with the idea of fat shaming. Oh, so I've terrible. come up with this new term called quit shaming. Hmm. Quit shaming is the same as fat shaming. Uh, it, instead of embarrassing someone or bullying someone because they're overweight in fat shaming, I'm afraid that we do the same thing when people quit things. So we quit shame them. Mm-hmm. You quit the thing. So we make you feel bad. You quit the relationship. You quit the marriage. You you quit the church. You quit the job, whatever it was. You quit the sport. And we should not be doing that because there no one should be doing something. Here's what happens when you continue doing the things that you don't want to be doing. It damages you mentally and physically. So you, your your internal organs are impaired. Your internal organs are literally degrading because of the stress that's associated with doing the things that you don't want to be doing. I totally agree so, with you. Yeah, so quitting, I mean, we have many reasons why we ought to quit things that don't work for us. Or even if you just decide, hey, I just don't want to do that anymore. Yeah, why should I, I, you? I, that's true. Because, like, I mean, 
the first part of the show, we were talking a lot about external impacts here, but we uh, often are skipping right past the internal impacts. And to your point, maybe it's not a uh, an unhealthy relationship of, of another person influencing you. Maybe it's it's to your point. Maybe it's your job, right? So maybe you're in a, jo- a no- just this god awful job. It's you know, like the, uh, it makes me think of the classic movie, The Office. Um, hilarious. You know, you want right. to beat you want to beat up a, a photocopier with a baseball bat, right? Like right. it's just you're just not a happy person. You don't want to file another TPS report. But that toxicity, to your point, yes, I completely agree with you. Down to the cellular level of health is going to mess you up. You're going to have sleeping issues. You're going to have possibly a GI distress. You're going to have acid reflux. Now, granted, food can trigger some of these things too, but people underestimate the psychological impacts here, uh, the manifestations that can actually, to your point, create long-standing damage. So I've interviewed lots of great doctors uh, from the health world that can back that up. So I'm with you, man. I am completely dialed in on this. So, But again, to your point, it's years of social engineering or you know, whether it's your, I mean, heck, let's go back to our kids, our youth, like in, in sports, you don't quit a sport and, and, uh, in your job, like you don't quit your job, like, but wait a minute, but my job sucks. Well, you should at least find another job first, but if you can't have the time to go find the new job, so right back to this quitting thing, there's so much negative connotation to quitting. So. Yeah. And, and that's one of the problems. That's one of the things that prevent us from giving up things that are that are unhealthy for us. Um, now, there's another reason, though, why we don't quit things. One of them is the uh, the fear or the external pressures, uh, the negative uh, connotation associated with the concept itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there is also a mental there's something uh there was a study that was done in this particular study they took two groups of people one group they gave a jigsaw puzzle and they said complete this puzzle the second group they gave the same puzzle they said complete this puzzle except they interrupted the second group of people they would not allow them to complete the puzzle what they found out at the end of the study is that the first group the group who completed the puzzle they were happy they were satisfied they went on about their business never thought about it again the second group continued to think about the puzzle continuously throughout the day. And what they determined is that those people who could not complete the puzzle because they were interrupted, they thought about it twice as much because our brains are hardwired for completion. Mm-hmm. So in other words, the fact that they were interrupted, they were not allowed to finish the puzzle, caused their brain to keep circling back. Wow, I didn't finish that. They interrupted me. That was so unfair. They should not have done that. Why was I in that group? Why didn't they let me complete the puzzle? So that study taught scientists that the human brain is hardwired for completion. And that's one of the things that prevent us from quitting things. Because whenever you quit something, the relationship, the job, the the city where the weather is terrible, the sport, whatever it is. Anytime we quit something, we continue to cycle back. Our brains keep going back. So we keep thinking about the person who we just left, mm-hmm. keep thinking about the, the sport or the activity that we gave up. So that is one of the things we also need to recognize and to understand that there are some uh, scientific reasons why our brains will be very reluctant, be hesitant about quitting things. Too. Well, I think that's tied back to... Actually, uh, another great author you might be familiar with her. She's big in the business and space. Uh, you ever hear of the – oh, God, who's the other? You ever hear of the, the rule, the five-second rule? 
the five. No. Oh, there's a five second rule. And oh God, I'm, she is famous now. Thanks to that book. But anyway, the five second rule. And she, I will find her name. Mel Robbins is her name. Mel with one L. And anyway, the whole point of that book is it's a hack to transform her tagline, transform your life, work, confidence with everyday courage, because many, many people, they don't allow themselves just five seconds to let their, their, their lizard brain like reset, right? Because we have that fight or flight mechanism. And so obviously to your point, right? Like we're ingrained to do all these different things. We have the fear of loss or the, this need to complete, but it's like, she's like a lot of times in that book, she'll talk about how, listen, just take a deep breath and count to five mm-hmm. or count down from five, whatever you want to count up, count down. doesn't matter. The point is, is like that allows your brain to kind of like reset and calm down. Mm-hmm. And then you can just with five seconds, think more clearly on this. It's like, wait a minute, do I need to do that right now? Can I wait that for later? And it's, it's, I've read that book probably three years ago. And it's funny because now you and I are talking right now, it, it brings me back to a, a lesson or a project I'm working on. I'm ha- I, I'm all about hacking, right? And, you know, whatever you want to use the word hack, you want to do optimization, improvement in life, whatever. And the one thing that I realized was that I, my, my wife will call me on this. She's like, you keep giving yourself tons of stuff to do and then it stresses you out. And then you don't get it done and it drives you nuts. So it totally backs up what you're talking about. So my hack is, I was like, wait a minute. Am I prioritizing this? Like I, I, I yes, I'm too busy running a business. Sometimes I just got to hire a contractor to do something. But every once in a while, I like to get my hands dirty because I need to give the brain a break. So I like to be able to go wrench on some things. But I agree. Sometimes I can make too many things. And then because I didn't do it, I've literally just built up my own stress load. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well- <laughs> Here's one thing about people who are quitters, and I want everybody to be a, I want everybody to to be a proud quitter, because when people who quit do more things, Hmm. people who quit accomplish more goals, people who quit are going to be more successful, because if you do one thing, two things, three, and you never give up those things. You always do those things. You're not going to be, see, we rec- we already know that you can't be successful without going through some trials, some errors, make some mistakes. Yeah. And of course, most people think mistakes are bad, but again, that's wrong. Mistakes are part of your growth process. It's part of building your competence in your, in your field, in your profession. So you have to make those mistakes. The faster you make those mistakes, the better you're going to eventually get to where you want to be. So this idea that if you're doing a lot of things, if you do a lot of things, you're going to quit a lot of things. And if you do a lot of things and you quit a lot of things, the more things you quit, the faster you're going to get to where, you, where you're trying to go. So people who are okay with quitting, people who are okay with making mistakes, they're going to get there a lot faster than the person who says, I, I can't make this mistake or you know, I'm, very, I'm afraid that this won't work. Okay, fine. You gave it a shot. So even if you try 10 things, 15 things, and you quit, let's just say, hypothetically speaking, person A, they tried three things and they quit two of them and they did one. Or let's say person A tried three things and they didn't quit any. They did all of those three things. Sure. Person B tried 15 things and they quit 10. 
person B still is five. They have five successes to the person who never quit anything. They started three and they completed all three. You start 15 and you and you quit 10. You still completed five. You still did more. You still accomplished more than the other person. I'd rather complete one thing than worry about completing five. Like get something done. <laughs> right? mm-hmm. I agree with you. That's why I was kind of hinting at like with my, my I, I created this project now. I call it a prioritiz- prioritization list. A lot of people use them, but I added a new segment after I listened to your show with Vinny. And it's called, I, I didn't call it the quit list. I just call it the pass list. So I was like, okay, to kind of like change the connotation for me anyway. So on my dry erase board, I've always got stuff cycling in and out, cycling in and out. I'm a visual person. I have the Evernote app. I can have it digitally too. But the point is, it's like, okay, it goes to the top of the list and I can prioritize it right away. And then if it's still there within a week or two, I'm like, okay, was it really, is it, is it really still that big of a priority? Let's move it down. And you move it down, you move it down. And it's not a matter of like I'm procrastinating. It's like, well, clearly that was not as big of a priority as I thought. And then eventually reached a point where I'm like, well, do I even really need to still do that? Do I have to really launch that project? It's not, I got so many other projects going on. Let's just quit that one or pass on it. And then I, it goes in the tank. I, 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 I still keep a list. I have a digital imprint in my Evernote app. It, it, everything, all I, every single idea I have, it goes in there. And then if it ever pops in my head six months from now, I could search for it. And maybe that's what genius inventors do. I don't know. But I agree with you. My point is, there's only so much stuff I can do. So let's focus on what I want to do. That I that's like it's like it's just you feel it deep. It's like no, I want that. I need that. Um, back to your point on quitting. So part of this backstory versus why fires in the logo is that I left the corporate world. So I quit the corporate world. Hmm. This is after I went back to school on nights and weekends to do my marketing and psychology. So I had I had quit school and then in. Uh, was it early 2000s, uh, 99, 2000? No, actually, it was 97 because uh, I was working full time, paying my way through school. And I'm like, I can't do both, right? I'm burning out. So I quit school so I could focus on my career. Working my way up some companies, I was making more money than my friends with degrees, right? So now it's early to mid 2000s. And I'm like, you know, you know, to advance my career, it would probably look better if I had a degree, yeah, piece of paper. I, nowadays, I don't agree with that, but hey, that's just me. Point is, at least in that environment, in that corporate environment, it would. So I made myself start going back to school on nights and weekends and eventually finished a degree. So I checked the box, right? The career's looking good. The resume looks good. The degree, the paperwork looks good. But I had met a girl a couple years, and I found out about this whole hotshot wildland firefighting thing out west. And I was like, wait a minute. What if I quit the corporate life for a couple of years, go serve my country, not in military, but obviously, but to go fight wildfires. But if I'm going to do it, I got to be on one of the elite hotshot crews. And I got on one and I did that for two years. So I, my, my first book will be coming out soon and it's going to be about that experience. The point is, but then I only did it for two years and then I quit because I was okay. like, but I, I, I wouldn't use that word. <laughs> you and I are using it now. But I was like, people were like, well, I, I thought you were, I, I mean, I, I, Doc, I was all in, dude. I, I, I sold everything I owned, fit my life into a car, left the 2,000 square foot townhouse I had here on the East Coast, and moved west. I mean, my life fit in my car. I said, this might be what I'm supposed to do the rest of my life. I don't know. And I was already considered old. I was, I was, I was 31 at the time. Apparently, that's considered old. I mean, maybe in the military world, too, it's the same way. They like you when you're young and moldable. You're in the Marines. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> anyway, fast forward, do the two years. I earned my belt buckle, and I said, you know what? This has been a life-changing experience, but I'm good. 
Like I, I meant for something more. My brain was bored. I, it was all again, life-changing experience. I mean, I got some crazy freaking stories from it mm-hmm. and, but it's triggered so many things since, right? Like I never thought about becoming an entrepreneur, but I'm so independent. That reminded me, I hated the corporate people telling me what to do. Then I hated the government people telling me what to do. So now I don't like anybody telling me what to do. So I just work for myself. (laughs) But like, I didn't know, right? All these things happen because of me, you know, okay, quit school, go back later. Quit the corporate life, go become firefighting, come back, didn't do the corporate thing, but then get it back in, you know? So all these things happen because I had to quit to free up the time to go do these things. So I just didn't use the word quit. (laughs) Yeah, because we don't like the word quit. No, no, I I agree Uh, with you. We're all afraid of using the word quit. (laughs) Right. See, and I'm okay with the word quit. And even if you went, you went to fight fires for two years, that doesn't have to be, that doesn't mean that you have to fight fires the rest of your life. No. You did it for those two years. That experience, um, you're familiar with Zig Ziglar. Oh, yeah. Uh, So Zig Ziglar talked about this before and he talked about how we learn how we grow and how we move forward and he said that the way knowledge works is you take what you knew in the past and then you take some new information you put those two things together you put the new information with the old experiences and that's what leads to new knowledge and then of course you continue that cycle forever mm-hmm. so you going to uh, fight fires for two years it's not like oh you know it's okay to to quit fighting fires because what you're going to do is take that experience that two-year experience and then let's just say hypothetically now you're going to take that two years experience and then today you're going to learn something new how Mm. to write a book you're going to take that experience you're going to couple that with your current knowledge how to write a book and then that's going to lead to something totally new in your life uh, which is what you're doing now so we should be perfectly fine with quitting things because the thing that you gave up, that is becomes an experience. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to take that experience with whatever you're doing next. And you're going to put those things together and that's going to lead you somewhere else. And then two years from now, you're going to stop doing something that you were doing. You're going to take that experience. You're going to learn something new. You're going to put those two things together and that's going to take you somewhere else. And this actually becomes a ladder. It becomes a stepping stone to move you where you want to be. You know, so don't, I, you're blowing my brain, you're blowing my brain right now. Cause it's like, I was like, you know, I have a chapter in my book about embracing change. Absolutely. But so obviously I didn't use the word quit because again, we're all afraid of using it. It's a negative connotation, but basically yeah. it's a chapter that incorporates obviously not just the quitting factor, but also there is the next step of quitting that we're mm-hmm. missing, that you're hinting on right now. It's like, yes, obviously you want to change the connotation around quit. Got it. But what are you going to do now with that freed up time? What does this allow you to do? And that's another big part of my book too, is like the, the component of freedom. And that's what I think so many people are not reaching that echelon or that essence or that energy or that flow of freedom because they are too bound up uh is this something that's in your book as well in, in some frame sure. of mind i don't know how would you even word that yeah so here's what i did um i read every book that i could find on the subject of quitting okay and i studied every theory that i could get my hands on and what i did is i developed a very simple four-step process on how to be a successful quitter 
In other words, a if you- A successful quitter. I'll get a screen sharing again, by the way. Keep going, <laughs> keep going. I like this. How to be a successful quitter. So in other words, if you want to do something in life and you want to gain more success, if you are able to be successful at quitting, be successful at giving up things, then you, it's going to lead you closer to your goals. Hmm. So what I've done after I've um, done, uh, did all my research, I came up with four steps. The one of the steps is exactly what you you just mentioned, and that is, what do you do after you quit? What do you do after you give up something? True. Because you don't just quit and go home, right? You didn't just quit being a firefighter and say, okay, I'm done with life. No. No, you quit doing that and then something else comes after that. So my four-step process takes you through what are the four things you need to do if you're going to be successful at giving up things that's no longer working for you or, or you've changed your priorities, you're going to give up that. What are you going to do next? How do you get from point A to point B? So yeah, there is a process that you go through. There are some steps that, that you should engage in. Now, do you find that these four steps, is it all psychological triggered or is it just also just methodology that you just have seen always seems to work, whether you're athletic or business or otherwise? Like what is the whole, like how did you come up with them? Well, the way I came up with the with the steps, like I said, is um, I, I, I've done this research and through doing the research, I noticed these patterns. In other words, every book, every uh, research paper, every study, every theory they were talking about these same types of things. So what I was able to do is kind of group these things into four categories. Okay. And then that became my four steps. So basically you just saw a common ground happening and every author or every person who wrote that paper or whatever, just having to word it differently or reference it differently. And you just saw, wait a minute, there's a common theme here. You know what? Yeah, absolutely. And if, if I look at all this stuff, there's four common th components. Yeah. Yeah. There, yeah. That's four components every single time. Um, now, every one of them may not talk about, I mean, you know, one book or one paper may talk about one thing, yeah. but ultimately there are four things that has to happen if you're going to be successful. Now, do you, do you have the, uh, each, each four things, does they have their own chapters? I mean, do you break yes. them all out? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Okay. They, they do have four chapters. Um, I'll give them to you just very yeah. briefly. Yeah. Um, I use the word quit as a mnemonic Q U I T. Okay. So the first step, which is, the Q stands for quit quickly, oh. quit quickly. In other words, you have to recognize very fast if something is not working. And the moment you recognize this is no longer viable, you need to give that up as fast as possible so that you can reposition yourself. And many businesses don't do that. And they end up going out of business because they don't, they don't, make the adjustment quickly enough. They don't they embrace change on. fast enough. <laughs> yeah, you, ch yeah. Yes, that's right. They don't embrace that change. You got to embrace that thing. You've got to recognize this is not working. I've got to give this up. I've got to come up with something new, a blockbuster video. They should have been streaming. Hmm. They, they were out way before anybody else, they right? They totally, yeah. Yeah, you, you just nailed a huge one on the head right there. <laughs> <laughs> right, but they couldn't do it. They no. could not do it. So you so uh, step one is to quit quickly. Recognize when it's not working and give it up as fast as you possibly can so that you reposition yourself. Uh, step two is the you. You is to understand the negative emotions. And that's kind of what we've been talking about. Yep. Um, these external problems and the internal problems that prevent us. We've got to fit, learn how to navigate around those. And there's things that you can do to help help you with can that. I, can I uh, add a, a fire term to that? Absolutely. So we always walked around 
and our, we, we shortened it. We said, you got to keep your essay up. Okay. So SA stood for situational awareness. Okay. And it was, it was your life saving principle. It's like you knew what was going on, you know, obviously in and around yourself, but also around your fellow crewmen, et cetera. Because to your point, like most people, they might've quit quickly, whatever, but like to your point, understand the negative emotions. Like that's part of that situational awareness. Like, okay, I'm now been for average person being put into a negative situation because they thought quitting was going to be negative, but okay. Are you aware of these emotions that are going to come forth? So I that's love right. that. That's that awareness. That's nice. Yeah. And, and once you understand that, now you can navigate that. Mm. Uh, so that that's the, the second step. Uh, so that's Q. That's you. I is to initiate new goals. Love it. So, so in other words, again, you've got to figure out after you give up A, you need to figure out what is B. And again, there's things that you can do to help you along that path. Uh, so, but you have to initiate those new goals. And the T is to transform your behavior. Uh, and transform your behavior just means that if you stop doing something, you can't, I mean, if you're going to give up something, you can't keep doing the same thing you were doing before. Obviously, insanity. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you're going to, if, if you are a, um, if you're a swimmer, uh, and then you give up swimming because now you want to be a firefighter. You can't keep doing the same. You can't train the same, right? Yeah. You can't do the same thing as a swimmer and think you're going to be successful as a firefighter. I, I totally so, agree. so the T is to transform your baby. So those are the four steps just kind of very, very briefly. I love it. I'm also a big fan of acronyms because I came from the business world, but also the, uh, the fire world was full of acronyms too. So QUIT, man, quit quickly, understand the negative emotions, initiate new goals, transform your behavior. And then all that is broken out in much, obviously much more detail in the book. <laughs> right. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And and there's things around each of those uh, particular steps that, no, you know, you know what? I, I love this. Um, and by the way, we are going a little bit hair long. You're good right now. Yes. Okay. I'm just because we have a little delayed start, but anyway, ladies and gentlemen, I got to give a shout out to uh, our brand ambassador and a fan of the huge fan of this show, Brian Strauss or the Strausser project. So you'll love this doc. He just did exactly what you're teaching. Uh, he's a proud father. Uh, he's been through a lot. We've had multiple episodes with him on the show. And uh, back in January, I accidentally collapsed a lung. So I was in the hospital for eight days. And I had to you know, heal up, learn from that. But then I set a new goal, which was, you know what? I'm going to back off on my CrossFit training. And I used to love, I mean, I'm, I've always been a, a, lover, a lover of cycling. But I was like, I need a new goal to like, you know, heal the lung and make myself train harder. So I was like, I'm going to set a goal and uh, and go do some races or some you know cycling races. Here. I haven't raced in a while. And Brian was also making a comeback. And he's like, I'm going to go do the Wilderness 101. And I'm like, what is that? He's like, it's 101 miles of mountain biking in a single day in the wilderness, northern wilderness of Pennsylvania. And I'm like cool, I'll come out and I'll support you. Like, cause you know, we're, we're friends. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna come out and support you. But then I'm sitting in the hospital bed and I'm supporting him doing social media posts and stuff like that. I'm like, wait a minute, what if I go do that? Well, anyway, so I'm doing it next month in July, but now Brian's not. So he's the guy who inspired me to do it. And he's not, cause he went to go do a training race, uh, well, probably last month. And he wasn't able to complete that race. He's got some knee injuries and, you know, he, he's getting older. But, I mean, he's he's also a, a dad now and he's started his own side hustle business. He's got so much stuff going on. So, to so your point, he's burning the candle at both ends. And 
this was not easy for him. And I'm giving him a shout out because I'm proud of him. Because even he sat down with his wife, and his wife even said, she's like, you keep doing this stuff, and you're just beating the heck out of yourself, and it's stressing you out. So he came out on social media and everywhere else. He's like, you know what, guys? He's like, I'm, I'm throwing in the towel, so to speak. I'm, I'm, I'm quitting. I'm not going to do the wilderness one-on-one. He's like, the body's responding. I, I keep trying to ignore it. <laughs> and he's just like, I, I, I can't ignore it anymore. He's like, I'm not enjoying it. It's getting painful. You know, uh, I, I need to you know, transform my behaviors. I need to initiate some new goals. And that's what he's doing right now. He's still going to come out and join me for the race, but he's not going to ride in it, but he's basically going to be my, like my side, my side, uh, coach or whatever. Right. So I'm right. excited for him. I'm like, dude, that's cool. I, I love to have you in my corner. He's actually done the race before I haven't. So I was like, you get to have a new role and I, I get to have you back me up. So, but he had to, it took him, Oh God, he's been, tra- he's been training for this for months. So this was not an easy decision for him. Well, and you, this is a very good point that you're making. And, and I, 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 I applaud him yeah. for that because one of the things that causes us to have to quit things or have to give up things is our life cycles. We hit stages in life. Um, there are uh, a, a couple, uh, a couple uh, examples, just very quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, the rock, the rock used to be a superstar wrestler and when he quit being a wrestler, and became an action hero. Mm-hmm. And of course, we know Arnold Schwarzenegger quit being an action hero and became a governor. <laughs> the, so, the governor, right? <laughs> right. But these guys, at some point, your body, just the stages of life. Well, The Rock couldn't wrestle forever because of the physicality of the sport. Sure. What it does to your body. So he said... And it, this was he wasn't ashamed of the fact that he stopped wrestling. He said, hey, I'm going to reposition myself. I'm going to find a new goal for myself. And he decided to be an actor. The key is he decided after he was going to be an actor that he wanted to be the top. He wanted to learn as much about the business. He wanted to immerse himself in that uh, new pursuit as much as he possibly could. So he gave up the wrestling career and he became an actor and he was obviously very successful at it. And again, Schwarzenegger did the same thing. He gave up. Um, he, well, in fact, he used to be a bodybuilder Well, you can't bodybuild forever. And then he quit being a bodybuilder and became uh, an action hero. Can't do that forever. He quit doing that, became a governor. Yeah. Can't do that forever. So I don't know what he's doing now, but what we do know is that those guys recognize that if they are going to be successful, they need to know when to give up something and reposition themselves. And if you're doing it because you just don't like the thing, you don't enjoy it anymore, if you're doing it because you're not good at it, or if you're doing it because life circumstances dictate that you do something different, these are all good reasons to give up things. Yeah, I I love what we're hitting on today because I think I, I love the fact we're going to have to use them in, in the title. I think Rock and Arnold, the way you've just explained it, are exactly perfect examples of that. Those guys are hugely successful, and they've gone through a lot of transformations. And that's the point, is that you don't have to do the same thing forever in life, right? right. It, it's okay. And actually, I almost feel like, you know what? Shout out to the people listening to this show. Challenge yourself to try something new. And to your point, Doc, in order to try something new, pick something to quit, because it's okay. <laughs> yeah, it's perfectly fine. And and that's why 
That's why this idea that winners never quit is a myth because Schwarzenegger is a very successful individual. So is The Rock. Mm -hmm. So it's not like, oh, these guys are losers because they quit doing something. No. So you can't make the argument that winners never quit because these guys are clearly winners um, at everything they do. But they quit many things. Yeah, I mean, they, they... I, you could sit down and you probably they could probably list a whole book of just things that they've tried and failed at and had to right. move on. That's right. <laughs> they could right. they you could just have like a, an auto quit book, a rock quit book, and it's just That's a right. bio of everything they've had to quit to keep moving into the next steps in their careers. So yeah, absolutely, absolutely. This has been great. I love this. So, so uh, so obviously, what? Did, let me ask you this: When you wrote the book, what did you quit to write the book? Well, what made me write this book, actually, is my my son is in the Marine Corps. You know, I was in the Marine Corps. Sure. And then my son joined the Marine Corps uh, just some recently, a few, three, four years ago. Uh, he's a Marine Corps officer. He was approaching his last, his uh, the end of his first tour of duty. And he called me up. He said, Dad, you know, I'm thinking about getting out of the Marine Corps, but, you know, I, I, I'm not sure, you know, what do you think? Now, I kept telling him, well, no, you need to stay in. You got to keep doing it. You got to keep going because the Marine Corps is great. The, the, oh, you were telling him this. Yeah, I, this wow. is what I was telling him. I was literally browbeating him into staying in the Marine Corps. Wow. Now, he eventually did reenlist. So he did stay in. Uh, but the point is this, is that the, I was telling him to stay in, not so much because that's what he wanted to do, but because I thought that that was a good thing for him to do. Well, eventually I went to sleep that night and I woke up around two o'clock in the morning. And when I woke up, one word came to my mind, quit. Hmm. And that's what made me come. That's what led me to this concept. So the next day I called him up. I said, hey, look, you don't have to do this. Um, I know I'm saying you should keep doing it. His mom is saying do it. His wife is saying do it. His siblings are saying do it. His relatives, his friends are saying, no, you got to keep doing it, you know, because he's got you know, you're an officer. People salute you, but for God's sake. Yeah, yeah. So, so once I recognized that I said, no, 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 no. You don't have to keep doing it. You can quit doing anything that's not working for you. Uh, so that's what happened with, with him. And there's of course things that I quit myself. Um, there's some, some things that I've quit that have been good. There's some things that I have quit that have been not so good. Yeah. Uh, but I'm a proud quitter. I quit many things. In fact, my wife has a problem. I quit so much. My wife has a problem. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, so I was going to, I mean, that's kind of what I was hinting at. Like in order to write a book, cause I, now that I've written my book, I'm in editing phase now. It, it was a major undertaking. It was actually harder than I thought. So like I had to quit, for example, temporarily listening to podcasts and audiobooks in my car while I was traveling. And then instead I took that time and I was actually using a voice transcription app to transcribe my chapters because I didn't want to sit down and physically write the book. And I travel so much. I'm like, why not use technology and voice transcribe the book? The only side effect of that is now it's like double the amount of editing because I have to literally build all the structure out. Fine. I'm dealing with it. Suck it up. That was my decision. So I was like, was there stuff that you had to quit or is there an example of something you had to quit to write the book quit? Because there's only so much time everybody has in a day. (laughs) Right, right, right. Well, I had to quit sleeping so much. (laughs) In other words, um, in order for me to write the book, I literally had to stay up till three o'clock in the morning, three thirty in the morning, and then get up at you know six o'clock, seven o'clock, and 
get to work. Wow. So I had to give up some uh, some sleep. I had to give up some free time, um, and that was okay. I had to I had to quit hanging out with my friends. You know, but that was temporary, right? It, it, was, a te- well, it was a temporary uh, quit, so to speak. Uh, well, the, uh. the <laughs> it actually turned out to be a good thing because now I don't hang out as much just generally. Mm. Uh, so in terms of socializing, cause I have this crew and me and my crew, you know, we, we do things, we hang out, we, yeah. you know, we kick it. So now I don't kick it as much with the crew and I'm able to accomplish a lot more things. Um, and in fact, I'm down to almost spending no time with the crew and, you know, my free time now I spend with my wife, my, mm. my kids, you know, my family, uh, doing things like that. So the things that I gave up were actually very good for me in the long run. I, I think it's funny because like I, I used to actually just pop in my head right now. What you just said is I used to call it a sacrificial value. Like what am I sacrificing? You know, what is the value I'm assigning to the, all these things I'm doing? Cause everybody has the same 24 hours in a day. So when people say, Oh, well, I don't have time for that. I'm like, well, neither did I, I had to look at my day and what my time was worth and what was the sacrificial value? Like, what can I get rid of? What can I sacrifice? Or in this case, we can call it the quit value. It's like, okay, well, in order to go do that, I got to quit this so or something. So pick something that has the right value aligned with that goal and then free up the time. It's like some people say they don't have time to go to the gym or they don't have the time to make their own breakfast. You know, instead of they're eating crappy cereal instead of eating eggs and bacon or whatever your sacrifice is, like figure out that sacrificial value or the quit value because we all have the same 24 hours. In your case, you're willing to sacrifice some sleep. I don't recommend that in the long haul, ladies and gentlemen, because just like your nutrition and exercise, sleep is very important. I'm sure the doc can back me up, but you obviously changed your crew alignment as one of the long-term takeaways, but I'm sure you probably restored some of your healthy sleep. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, I had to, I mean, you could, you're right. You can only do that for a a short period of time um, just to get the, you know, you you crunch. So you crunch, you get the project done. I like that crunch. I use, I use, I use crush, but I like crunch and crush. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Right. And then, and then you can kind of get back to your normal um, activities, but yeah, you can't, you can't do that for the long term uh, because those same, um, those same problems, the the mental and the physical health challenges that you get from the stress of not quitting, you're going to get the same uh, problems if you don't get your proper rest. Uh, so, so you're gonna, you're still gonna lose. So it wouldn't make sense to try to do that uh, over the long term. Nice. Uh, but again, just just for the short term to get to hit it, get that goal done, get what you know, do what you what it is that you're trying to do uh, can sometimes work for you. I love it. Well, listen, we've had a great episode today. I mean, we're going to blast the heck out of this because more people need to understand and learn and join join the party on how to reprogram this uh, understanding around the word quit. And you yes. do have one hell of a mission, sir. I mean, when you set a goal. You just go all out there, right? You're, you're not even swinging for the fences. You're swinging for the parking lot. <laughs> yeah, I am. And, and, I re- and yes, and I recognize that this is a very high hurdle. I, I understand that. But you know what? That's, isn't that what goals are supposed to be? Because here's the thing. Like, people tell you, I tell you all the time, like, you don't set a 90% goal. You set a 100% goal or a 110% goal. That way, even if you miss it, you still come in at the 90. If you set a 90 you're, and you hit a 70, now you're only at 70. So shoot for the 110, and you might actually hit 100. I don't know. I'm just throwing that out there, playing with the numbers. But uh, I agree with you. Go for the big stuff. 
It's... Yeah, that's a good point. One, one last thing I want to say um, on yeah. that note before, before you go. Um, uh, I teach uh, college and this one semester um, I was asking the students, this is the first day of class. So I'm asking everybody, I said, okay, wh- who wants to get an A in this class? So I was, you know, I was just being clever, right? Because mm-hmm. then I was going to say, well, everybody has an A right now and all oh, your job is just to keep it. And, all, and in order to keep oh, it- I've heard you- that before. <laughs> Exactly. You heard this this spill a million times, right? So this is what I was doing. So I asked the question, who all wants to get an A in the class? Everybody raised their hand. Hands go up all over the place, except there's one guy. So I'm like, okay, he, he probably didn't hear me. So I asked the question again, who wants to get an A in this class? Hands go up all around the room, except this one guy. Hmm. So at this point, I'm curious. And I say to the guy, well, you don't want to get an A in the class? And he says, no. I said, well, why not? What, what grade do you want to get? And he says, I want to get a C. I said, well, what? What? The, I don't understand, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Like my brain is now confused. <laughs> and he, he says, he says, well, because I don't want to work that hard. I don't want to. He said, I can write, I don't know, ten pages and get an A, but I can write, I don't know. 10 sentences, 10 paragraphs and get a, and get a C. So as long as I can get a C and I can work less, I'm good with that. Now, to the point that you were making a minute ago, the problem, obviously, now he did get a C, mm-hmm. um, which I think is Henry Ford who said, whether you think you can, you can, or if you think you can't, you can't, but either way, you're right. Right, yep. <laughs> That is the true concept as well. So he wanted a C, he shot for a C, and he got a C. But obviously the problem with that, as you mentioned, is that if you shoot for a C and then you fall short, now you're at a D or an F. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you shoot for an A and you fall short, you still may have that B. So it's probably not a good idea to be aiming low. (laughs) That's the point. Well said. I completely agree with you. Uh, By the way, where where do you teach at? Uh, uh, DeVry university and uh, Keller school of business. Oh yeah. We have both of those. Well, are, are they the same? They're separate, still separate schools, right? Yeah. They're separate. Okay, yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. DeVry is undergrad and Keller is a grad. School. Okay. Cause I was gonna say, I remember seeing them as separate campuses. I'm like, Oh, do they merge? <laughs> <laughs> well, so, well, listen, this has been a great show. Uh, I'm excited to get this up online the next couple of weeks here and get you out there. Uh, but I will say you just had a great story to share, but I would like to see you help us close out the show because most of our guest co-hosts like to leave behind some final, you know, higher, higher thinking words or all encompassing message. You know, is there something, you know, besides obviously this huge goal of, of reeducating on the, on the true meaning of quit. Uh, but is there an all encompassing message you like to leave behind or maybe a big tip behind helping reprogram our knowledge around quit? Well, there's just one thing, and it relates to the the concept of quitting, of course, and that is that one of the things that I encourage people to do is create for themselves a quit list. Um, So a quit list is just something that you can commit to where you, things that you can give up in your life that can, that is no longer serving you. Either you you just decided this doesn't work for me. uh, You don't want to do it anymore. um, It's a dead end. um, uh, it's not getting you any good return for your investment. Whatever the the issue is, create this list, and I call it your quit list, and take that list to identify the areas in your life where you need to purge and then figure out what things you can give up to make it yourself better so that you can get to your goals and your success a lot faster. 
I like it. There you go, people. You have a little takeaway uh, hack for yourselves. We actually, and by the way, real quick, thank you because making lists is very powerful. There's books on why list making is so successful, but I like the fact you you know you've really helped tailor it to specifically around the uh, the quit theme. So that's a great message. Listen, hang tight. I want to give you a proper goodbye off the air, ladies and gentlemen. We've duffed a lot today. I mean, we got quit all over the place. We got QUIT, stands for steps, right? Quit quickly, understand the negative emotions, initiate new goals, transform your behavior. We uh, we connected on two amazing action heroes slash models slash bodybuilders slash uh, wrestlers slash governors. You got The Rock and The Arnold setting great examples on how to properly quit so they can grow their careers and keep moving on. So, um, Dr. Stan, thank you again for joining the show. I'll give you a proper goodbye off the air. Ladies and gentlemen, remember, check out Quit, The Last Principle of Success. It's on Amazon. You can get it on Kindle and hardcover. I will actually screen share one more time for that, for the video watchers. I'll have all this linked in the show notes. By the way, real quick, you're going to see it live right now. Remember, ladies and gentlemen, you go to lithiefuel.com. I have the Amazon banners. Uh, They're all linked to my uh, basically my influencer page. So right there, Scott's book recommendations. This book is now in the list. So if you want to quickly find it, you can go that way as well. Uh, but again, go to the quitdoctor.com to check out more about Dr. Stan. And again, ladies and gentlemen, we're here to fuel your health, your business, and your lifestyle. We definitely did that today. So let's learn, learn how to quit together. And remember, you too can live the fuel. And we'll talk to you guys again soon. Thank you for subscribing to Live the Fuel. Stay connected on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Live the Fuel. And remember, you too can live the fuel. So please visit us at livethefuel.com.